Welcome to Perspectives on Perseverance with Dr. Mark Ballard, President of Northeastern Baptist College in Bennington, Vermont. At NEBC, we are committed to developing the mind of a scholar, the heart of a shepherd, and the perseverance of a soldier. This podcast seeks to provide biblical, historical, and contemporary perspectives on perseverance that will help you persevere in your walk with the Lord and in your service to Him, to His people, and His creation. Today is Monday, November 4th, 2019. Join me as we consider a couple examples of perseverance today. Dr. Ballard, welcome to the first week of November. Did you remember to set your clock back on Saturday? Hi, Joe. Yeah, I did. The time change Sunday, you know, it's always interesting at church. People all get confused. They end up showing up late. They end up showing up early. But I actually made it on time. How about you? I remembered too. Surprisingly enough, I enjoyed the extra hour of sleep that it gave me as well. I had to travel to Springfield, Vermont to preach at Precision Valley on Sunday, uh, so the time change allowed me a little extra time to rest. What do you have for this this week? Well, Joe, I have a question for you. Have you ever felt that the more you try to follow the Lord, the more opposition you receive? Oh, man. (laughs) Well, opposition comes in many forms, and life circumstances sometimes oppose us, but people oppose us too. In fact, sometimes even those we love the most seem to place opposition in front of us. Maybe you've prayed sometime and said, Lord, I'd be more faithful to the church, but opposition's out there. Life's just too busy. Lord, I know I should spend more time reading the Bible, but I just can't seem to find time. Lord, I know I should share Jesus with that guy at work, but God, last time I tried that, the person got really angry at me. Maybe you said, Lord, I'm trying to follow you, but the closer I get, the harder life gets. I just don't think I can continue. Well, we all face opposition. In fact, in my own life, Joe... I found that the more I say yes to God, the more things come into my life to try to distract me, to discourage me, or even attempt to derail me from following God. But despite this reality, we need to persevere, Joe. All of us. It's a struggle we face. I hope to provide some encouragement today by sharing two examples of people who actually faced opposition. In fact, they faced so much opposition that the closer they got to God— the more the opposition came against them, and no doubt they were at times thinking about just maybe I should quit. Yet, they learned to persevere. In the end, both these guys' perseverance paid off. It accomplished way more than they would have ever imagined. Is it safe to assume we're going to look at a biblical example again? Absolutely. We're going to start in uh, the Old Testament today. In fact, we're going to go all the way back to Genesis again. Uh, God promised Abraham that he'd make a great nation out of his family, and Abraham had a grandson named Jacob. Uh, Also, you may remember his name was changed to Israel, and Jacob, or Israel, had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. And even to this day, uh, people in Israel, many of the Orthodox, uh, try to trace their lineage back to one of these tribes. But the youngest of his sons, or next to the youngest of his sons, was Joseph. And Joseph held a special place in Jacob's heart. The Bible says that he was the son of Jacob's old age, and it uses that phrase in a very endearing way. There was a special relationship uh, between Joseph and Jacob, but this relationship caused a lot of trouble for Joseph with his brothers. Uh, Jacob treated Joseph quite a bit differently than he did the others, and he did special things for him that the others missed out on. 
Over time, his brothers became very jealous, and their jealousy turned to hatred. Uh, By the time Joseph was 17, his older brothers began looking for an opportunity to harm him. One day, Jacob called Joseph to see him. He told him that his older brothers were out taking care of the sheep in a distant place, and he wanted Joseph to go check on them, give them some supplies, and uh, so he sent him on his way. Uh, Joseph must have been concerned about being out there uh, with his brothers who he knew hated him, but despite all of the animosity between he and his brothers, Joseph wanted to obey his dad, and so he headed out with the supplies. When he arrived where Jacob had sent him, Joseph learned that uh, the sheep actually didn't have enough to eat there, and so his brothers had moved even further away from Joseph's home, and so he headed out on the journey. So Joseph did right, even though his brothers opposed him. Absolutely. He, he persevered. He, he knew that he was supposed to obey his dad, and uh, though his brothers were out to get him, he's going to be faithful, and so he followed through. But the problem is the opposition only intensified. Things didn't get better. And you know, sometimes, Joe, uh, in life, we, we think, well, if I just do what God wants, everything's going to turn out okay, and, and, and all the opposition is going to go away. But sometimes the closer we get to God and the more we obey God, the opposition intensifies, and that's exactly what was going on uh, with Joseph. As he came near his brothers, the Bible said that they saw him coming a long ways off, and they began to plot and plan. They saw this was their opportunity to get rid of Joseph once and for all. First, they thought about killing him, but Reuben, the oldest brother, kind of jumped in there and said, hey, let's not do that. Let's put him in a pit. And the Bible indicates that Reuben actually planned to come back later and try to rescue Joseph because he wasn't happy with him either, but he didn't want to kill him. Uh, Joseph arrived, and very quickly they seized him. They took off that uh, special coat that his dad had made for him, and uh, they threw him into this pit, and they they took the coat, and they put some blood on it from an animal, and they planned to use that to kind of deceive Jacob into believing that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal. But evidently, Reuben had left for a period of time, as we read the story in Genesis And while he was away, the brothers uh, were there with Joseph in the pit, and they saw some travelers coming by on their way to Egypt. And so Judah actually made this suggestion that, hey, why kill him? We get nothing out of that. Let's sell him into slavery, and we'll make some money on this deal, and we won't have his blood on our hands. And and so the the traders, of course, they were happy to buy him, and they took him to Egypt, and, and they sold him to a man named Potiphar. Now, Potiphar happened to be the the captain of the guard for Pharaoh. And uh, so Joseph was a slave in this foreign land. He he tried to follow God, and the opposition wasn't dealt with. His brothers actually just uh, found a a greater way to oppose him. And now he found himself in these very difficult circumstances. But the Bible teaches us that that rather than get bitter, Joseph got better. Uh, Rather than griping and complaining about being the slave of Potiphar, he actually served Potiphar, and he served him well. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph in Genesis chapter 38, and and God blessed Joseph for his faithfulness despite all of the circumstances that he was facing. Not only did God bless Joseph, but he actually blessed everything that Joseph did, so Potiphar was actually a beneficiary of Joseph's faithfulness. 
Potiphar recognized that God's hand of blessing was on Joseph, and so he began to give him more responsibility. And the more responsibility he gave him, the better things went. And so eventually, Potiphar actually put him in charge of everything, in fact, his whole house. Uh, Joseph was in charge of it all. But problems began to, uh, to surface again, and this time the opposition didn't come from his brothers, but from Potiphar's wife. Uh, she actually took notice of Joseph, and she saw he was young, he was handsome, he was successful, and so she decided that uh, she wanted to have an affair with him. Uh, no doubt the temptation uh, must have been great on Joseph. Uh, he, was, he was in a position of power. He had a beautiful woman who, who wanted to have this affair with him, and he was, must have been tempted to abandon God's way. And, uh, but in the midst of that, once again, Joseph chose to do right. Even though the opposition to throw him off of God's plan came, Joseph persevered. The problem is, once again, just like with his brothers, the problem intensified, because what happens is uh, Potiphar's wife is upset, and she wants to get back at him. And so she uh, accuses him of actually doing not only what she attempted him to do, but much worse, she accused him of rape. Once again, Joseph found himself treated unfairly. He was following God, and God was blessing him, but the opposition came. And when he pressed forward, despite the opposition, he was falsely accused. He was stripped of his position. He was thrown into prison. What would he do now? Surely Joseph must have been tempted to give up on God and spend the remaining of his days in bitterness. But once again, he rejected bitterness and began to serve the Lord, even in prison. The Bible says once again in chapter 39 of Genesis that the Lord was with Joseph. The, the prison guard that kept the prison, he recognized God's hand on Joseph, and Joseph persevered. And as he persevered uh, through the course of time, the Lord turned the circumstances around. Uh, a couple of other prisoners had dreams, and God demonstrated his power through those dreams and Joseph's faithfulness. News of Joseph eventually reached Pharaoh, who also had a dream, and God used this dream to raise Joseph to the second in command of all of Egypt. He also used Joseph to provide food during a seven-year drought. And the drought not only impacted Egypt, but it devastated the land of Canaan. So guess what? Joseph was used by God to save the nation of Israel by providing for his dad and the very brothers that sold him into slavery. Despite continuous opposition throughout his life, Joseph persevered. God was glorified, and God's people were saved from starvation. Joe, when opposition comes, we must persevere in our relationship with God and in our service to God. We must trust that He'll strengthen us and carry us through no matter what the opposition is. Joseph really did face a lot of opposition, and as you said, he persevered. He really does stand as an example to us all. There are not many of us who've experienced that much intense opposition for such a long period of time. This week's biblical perspective on perseverance is a powerful reminder to me. You mentioned two men, though. Uh, you want to go into the next guy? Yeah, the second example is a man with a very unusual name, or at least in today's world. His name was Mordecai. He was born into a preacher's home, and his, his dad was a preacher. His granddad was a preacher before him. In fact, Mordecai had to go back seven generations to find a direct ancestor that was not a preacher. When Mordecai first sensed the call of God to be a preacher himself, he rejected the idea outright. He had seven examples before him of generation after generation, 
And he knew what this path was, and he didn't want it. It was hard work, long days, serious opposition, living poor, and not knowing necessarily even where your next meal would come from. That was not something that he wanted. He chose a path that was much more comfortable. But all of a sudden, in the year 1899, everything changed. Mordecai sat beside his granddad's bed as his final hours on earth came to a close. Suddenly, the young man realized that living for the Lord was far more important than the temporary comforts that he had amassed in his own life. So he surrendered to follow God. He gave away his business, and he dedicated himself to preparing to serve the Lord. By 1902, Mordecai began preaching in his home state of North Carolina. His ministry was full of contrast. People flocked to hear the young man. In fact, as soon as he finished one service, somebody was asking him to go somewhere else and preach again. But despite his growing popularity, his ministry began facing serious opposition. David Stokes earlier this year noted in an article that when Mordecai came to town, it was not long before opposition would ensue. The strange thing is his opposition came from two sources. One is clearly expected. Mordecai has preached strongly against sin, so he took on whatever evil was prevalent in the town, and the people that he was preaching against really got upset. But Mordecai also would speak against churches. Often he confronted pastors and churches that had a form of godliness but no real substance to them. Therefore, he not only found opposition from the evil quarters of the community, but from many churches as well. On one occasion, he was preaching in Fort Worth, Texas, and as he was walking down the street, he was attacked from behind. They beat him, they cut his face, they, they knocked him unconscious, and he suffered greatly at the hands of his attackers. But despite his opposition that he faced, Mordecai faithfully persevered in preaching the gospel. One night in 1934, he found himself back in his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. He was preaching a series of meetings, but once again, rumors began to fly around town that he had angered too many people. In fact, the rumors were that a bunch of young people were planning to come to the crusade, not to hear him, but to disrupt the meetings and cause everything to just fall apart. The rumors caught the attention of a young man named William. William went several nights to the meetings to see what would come of the rumors. Each night, Mordecai Ham preached. The Spirit of God took the Word of God and convicted William's heart. Soon, William gave his life to Jesus. Today, we know this young man as the great evangelist, not by William, but by Billy Graham. Billy Graham actually presented the gospel to more people in his lifetime than any other evangelist in all of recorded history. I've often thought, Joe, what if Mordecai Ham would have let the opposition distract him? What if it would let, he would have let it discourage or even derail him from preaching that night in Charlotte, North Carolina? Millions of people may have never heard Billy Graham preach the gospel. That really reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. But... I think we'll have to save that for another podcast. <laughs> uh, Joe, that's one of my favorite texts on dealing with opposition, but you're right. We'll have to look at that passage another time. So do you have a closing thought for us this week, Dr. Ballard? I do, Joe. You never know what God has in store right around the corner. So when opposition comes, persevere. Thank you for joining us for Perspectives on Perseverance today. 
If you would like to know more about Northeastern Baptist College, please visit us on the web at nebcvt.org. No matter what today may bring, persevere and have a great day in Jesus. From the heart of the Northeast, for the hearts of the world, we will persevere as soldiers to the right or left. We will not fear. strengthened arm